0: Hi there, thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I hope that the content of each episode brings you hope, connection and some valuable takeaways. The special needs parenting village is large so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. Please connect with me through my website, Facebook page or Instagram account and let's keep this conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and review or share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in to Season 2 of Living the Sky Life. I'm a huge fan of my guest today on Living the Sky Life, Jackie Moore. Some of you guys might be familiar with her. She has an enormous following on all of social media, so I'm sure the name rings a bell. She recently started, um, in the last three years or so, Jordan's Summer Shirt Project. Um, Her shirts can be found everywhere, and they say, be kind to everyone on them. I love the story of how the business came to be and just her outlook on life in general and giving Jordan every opportunity to find joy in jobs that she takes, and to learn necessary skills for her future. So a little bit more about Jackie. She um, has a background in rehabilitation psychology. She earned her bachelor's degree from the University of Central Missouri. And like I said, about three years ago, she launched Jordan's Summer Shirt Project to teach Jordan, her 20-year-old daughter with autism, job skills, She's so proud that Jordan has not only learned job skills, but she's learned to independently do a job. They've been featured on multiple radio stations and news outlets, and they currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. Jackie's husband, Ben, and her son, Hudson, of seven years old, also provide a lot of help with the company. So enjoy my conversation as we dive into all things young adults on the autism spectrum. So my special guest on Living the Sky Life today is Jackie Moore. Um, I actually have to thank my daughter for introducing me to you and your family because she constantly sends me TikTok videos to watch and she's been wanting me to like get involved with TikTok with her and watching it and I kind of refused and then I got on TikTok and I like the first um, video that popped up was you and Jordan. So I'm so excited to talk to you today, Jackie. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, excited to share our story. I always love the opportunity.
0: Yeah, great. Well, we'll get into your TikTok and all of all of that um, here in a minute. But um, I kind of want to go back just a little bit for anyone that's not familiar with you and your daughter, Jordan, who is 20 now, mm-hmm. um, a little bit about her diagnosis um, and if it's something that, you know. You knew kind of developmentally, she was your only child at the time. Um, so how, how did all that lay out for you? How old was she when she was diagnosed?
1: So for us, Jordan was diagnosed right at two years old. She was our first kid. I, we, didn't, we didn't really know what we were doing. I'm not sure as parents we ever do. <laughs> but, um, you know, she was reaching her milestones. We thought things were great. But around about 18 months, she kind of started losing some stuff. I can't say that I real I knew because I didn't, but I remember probably, I don't know, 20 months, anywhere between 19, 20, somewhere in that category, I watched a video and I was like, that's really odd. It seems like she was talking more then than she is now. And at that point, it was like 23 months or so. It had just been a few months. And I was like, that's weird. But as a mom, you don't really think about it. And autism was pretty rare at that time. Mm-hmm. So... I was a late talker. You can find anybody that you want to, to make you feel better. Yeah. So I just really didn't think about it a whole lot, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, I should have noticed that more probably. But when she went to her 24 month checkup, her pediatrician started asking some questions, but I really didn't even think about that. But they sent us to get a hearing test. Again, I was fairly clueless. I, we went to the hearing test like the next day or two. The results came back. She was, she could hear good. So I was like, oh, thank goodness we're in the clear. I didn't realize at that point that hearing was often screened as a to rule out that there's a bigger problem. I thought we had ruled it out and we we're like, oh, we're good now. And so I went back to that follow up appointment and the doctor was asking, the pediatrician was asking some further questions. And I had heard just enough about autism in my background that there were some red flags being raised. And so finally I looked at her and I said, do you think my daughter has autism? And she was like, I'm not saying she does. I'm I'm just saying we need to watch her very closely over the next six months. Well, I'm not really a wait and see kind of person. That's not necessarily my personality. I completely like, I, I mean, I was sobbing, I broke down and I was like, "I, you can't just say that and have me walk out of here and wait. So um, we were pretty fortunate. She called in you know, at the University of Missouri. We lived at Missouri at the time and they were able to get Jordan in really quickly. Um, so that following week we were in to get her screened and that's how we got the diagnosis. But by that point, even though it was literally only a week later, that appointment in the doctor's office had prepared me enough because I was not prepared for that pediatrician visit. That one blindsided me. But then I was a quick, like, okay, we got to dig in and we got to see what we can do now.
0: Gosh, probably like me. Cause that was what 2000, like back in 2000, yeah. she was born. She
1: was born in 2001. And okay. so that would have been 2003.
0: Yeah. And Skylar was born in 2003 and we got our diagnosis in 2006. But even back then, I mean, I, I had some, my background is in law. So I was uh, like on some of the like WebMD before there was WebMD kind yes. of sites and trying to find articles about autism. And I didn't even search that at first because I had no idea what that word was, or that was even a condition because no one was talking about it. So, um, like, like me, you probably had no Facebook,
1: no blog, oh, no, anything like, <laughs> I mean, it's a totally different world now. Yeah. But yeah. There just wasn't much of anything and never would you have think like, it just—it was so unusual back then. Mm-hmm. It was rare too for girls.
0: Yes, and that was
1: another thing. A boy thing, thing. absolutely. And mm-hmm. it still is much more common for boys than mm-hmm. girls. But so yeah, when you're talking at a time when it was so rare, and then even much more rare for girls, it just wasn't something that would come into your mind, especially as a first child. I had nothing to compare it to. Right. Um, yeah, so it was. It was definitely a shock to us.
0: (laughs) So like most families, did you guys do all the therapies and kind of throw everything at her to
1: um, encourage
0: development in every area? We
1: did. Unfortunately for us though, and again, back in in the olden days, I would say, um, they talked a lot about like, oh my gosh, there's this window you have to (laughs) do, you know, if they're not better, like if they're not better by age five, age six. And so you panic. And so you're trying everything, you know, you're doing the therapies, but for us, she just kept getting worse. And by worse, I mean, she kept losing more skills. Any words she had were gone. She was crying more than she was smiling. She just kept getting, it kept getting worse instead of better. Mm -hmm. And then the panic sets in more. For us, it wasn't until she was over the age of six that we started seeing progress, happiness, words. That's when things started going in the right direction for us.
0: Did she have um, any aversion to foods or textures or things like that? Or was it
1: mainly just communication and those skills? She she did. She had an aversion to pretty much everything. I always oh. say, I was like, she cried more in a day than she didn't. But like, I can remember the change of seasons were really hard for us huh. because you had to go from wearing shorts to pants or pants to shorts. We lived in Missouri. So you had to go from wearing short sleeves to a coat. And like, you know, so that the change of like having to start wearing a coat, you knew you had to start getting ready for school or therapy or wherever you were going you had to plan ahead because you had to practice it because she was going to be screaming for how yeah. long before you got to go somewhere. But I also knew we had to practice it. You have to learn how to do this because you have to be able to wear a coat. You can't wear shorts all through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like that were definitely a challenge. I remember well, she, she didn't really like toys that well, which you know is pretty yeah. common as well but she loved sensory type stuff. So we would have these great big, like Tupperware containers of beans, of rice that she could dig into. And, you know, that's how we would practice sounds of like digging something out. And, oh, what does it start with? And I, you know, a ball, I try to get her to say B. Um, but that was how, that was her form of play at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, kind of talking
0: about that, You know, I I know you've said um, on several things that I've listened to and and read Mm -hmm. that um, it's really important that we not overlook anything our child achieves. So even at that young age of, you know, being successful at digging out something or getting the right letter of the word or whatever it is, um, I imagine you guys just went crazy celebrating every single thing
1: um, with her. We always have. And I think the reason it's always been really important for me, first of all, it is a big accomplishment for her. No matter if she achieves something 10 years later than Mm -hmm. when it was supposed to be, I don't care. It's a step in the right direction. But it also keeps us very grounded. Mm -hmm. If we don't celebrate the small things, you start looking, you know, it's easy to get caught up in what you think they should be doing and for me that's a sad spot to be in yeah. i'd rather celebrate i'd rather celebrate each thing we're accomplishing than dwell for lack of a better word on what mm-hmm. we aren't because i think it's not fair to her and it's not fair to me it's just sad um but i would be lying if i said it didn't take a while to get there yeah. um especially in the beginning I love to talk. I love to talk, so for her not to be able to was very hard for me. It was very hard for her. I think that brings about a lot of frustration, um, but it also is just sad for me as a mom. So that was one of those things I had to learn. You know, okay, well we have to back up. Let's let's do signs then because I was like, it's not the speech that I'm I'm. We need communication. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, all I was doing was frustrating her if I just kept hounding on the speech while not giving her another way to communicate. So we backed up, we did signs. And what we found out was then when speech finally started to come for her, she already knew what communicating was. She knew if she signed drink, that that meant to give a drink. So that really helped her. All of her signs were approximations because again, the same motor planning issues that made speech difficult made fine motor for signs difficult as well. So we actually didn't care what the sign was, as long as we knew it, her loved ones, her teachers, as long as we all knew what it meant, that was what was important for us versus trying so hard to get the exact right motor movements. We wanted communication out of her.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, I can relate so much to what you're saying about, you know, how much you want these things. And I think we're set up with that in the beginning when a physician or or practitioner says to us, you know, you've got this timeline and of course we're like, okay, this isn't working. Now I'm going to switch to PEX. And if that's not working, I'm going to switch to this. And, and they're fighting along the way, trying to communicate and they're frustrated but we're forcing them to communicate the way that we do and the way that we right. know best. And that causes more frustration on both ends. And then right. nothing gets accomplished. Skylar's right. motor planning is very, very delayed as well. So I could never understand why signs didn't really work for him. Like mm-hmm. you, he, he made up his own and we know what they yep. mean. So, mm-hmm. and then Pex didn't work for him because he would just pick the picture closest to his right hand because he's right-handed. Right even if he didn't want that. So then that wasn't like accuracy at all. And so now we're into spelling and, um, that's going well. What's so interesting is how much in his 18 years he's absorbed that I didn't know he knew. I mean, he's spelling words about the election and about black lives matter movement and any lesson that we teach him. He's like, yeah, give me the
1: board. Let me explain to you. And I'm like, how do you know these things? (laughs) It's just crazy to me. So we had even noticed that, like I said, when Jordan was six was when we found a new speech therapist that really specialized in autism and apraxia. And that's what Jordan also has as apraxia of speech, which that mm-hmm. motor planning, motor movement is hard for her. So we found a speech therapist that really specialized that. And I believe Taught her how to talk. And by doing that, you know, the speech therapist told me, she goes, You are going to need to practice this with her multiple times a day. Like, if I could get her talking one hour a week, like, she wouldn't be this delayed. So we did, we practiced it all the time, all the time. But what I started noticing was when she finally started getting some words. Like, I remember the exact spot in the kitchen I was sitting when I was singing the ABCs and she started filling in letters and she was almost seven at the time. And I assumed she didn't know it because she couldn't ever say it before. But she had been taking in everything we had been doing. She had an output problem. She could take it in. She couldn't say it. And so over the years, there's been many different instances where we've learned exactly how true that is. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like when we completely grasped it, when I would say she was probably 16, 15 or 16, and we realized she basically knew everything that we had always, like, she understands everything. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I was like, you think of the things like there's some times when at at that point, you know, Hudson was, I don't know, you know, three, four, and we would give him a choice for something, but I maybe wouldn't give it to her. And I just looked at her and I started sobbing and I was like, I am so sorry. Like I did not mean to discredit you or, Mm -hmm. but that is often when someone is very limited verbal, we we don't give them the same options that we give someone that's verbal and that was the moment in our life that it switched everything it switched how we did everything as a family even if she can't answer something or if we're going to say something about her because right. let's be like i that's tell the her like, i am still your mother uh-huh. um, but i said hey so-and-so is asking a question I tell her the same way I would if it was Hudson, the same way I would, like if she's sitting in an IEP meeting, we tell her, we're gonna talk about you here, but we do it in a very respectful way. We include her in it, even if she can't, you know, verbally say what she needs to back, she is included in the conversation. And I think that has been one of the biggest turning points for our entire family and for her. Yeah. It's very humbling for you as a parent, when you realize
0: how much they know. And I, like you, I almost am in tears when, you know, I watch him do all of these things and I just apologize all the time. Like, I am so sorry. I, I, it's my fault. And I've noticed his behavior, not perfect, but his behavior, his mannerisms have calmed down when I'm talking to him, like a 17, 18 year old young man, like anyone else. And I'm not, you know, just kind of giving him baby choices or right. things like that. Um, I'm like you, I tell him like, listen, he gets mad. I mean, when <laughs> I'm talking to his, his therapist, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I now will say um, Skyler, that's right. Right. I mean, the, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that correctly, even if he's not going to look at me and he's not right. And <laughs> to say, right. Yes, mom, that's right. But I'm like, you, I check in with him. I guess it's check-in yes. questions while I'm talking, yes. so that he knows I'm not speaking about him while he's sitting right there.
1: <laughs> like exactly. Anyone yes. else would
0: say, "I'm right here." Hello. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So and I feel like
1: big for us,
0: we need to walk them through too. Like if they're going to the doctor or anything like that, we've done a so much better job um, since his teen years of saying, "Listen, we're gonna go. We're gonna get you know this." doctor checkup. It's just a well visit. They're just going to take your temperature and things like that. And then we're going to leave, you know, we kind of do social stories, but we just talk about them and explain.
1: We do that as well. And again, it's the same thing I would do for Hudson, who is seven or mm-hmm. 15, it d- doesn't matter their age. That's what I would do for them. You know, Hey, here's where we're going to go. And Hudson's going to be like, well, what am I going to do there? What's going to be done? So I explain all of that to Jordan. Now I didn't when she was younger. Cause I didn't know. And I, I always say like, I could let guilt eat me alive, but when we know better, we do better. And I tell her, uh, we've been winging this together, girl. I didn't know what I was doing. And so as I learn, I get better, you know, at being a mom. And so, but that is one thing I wish I'd have known more when she was younger, is she was truly taking everything in around her. And she has continued to all these years.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, again, I I, <laughs> I apologize to Skylar on the daily basis because I, I just assumed, I think what I tell people is that because his behavior and his mannerisms are more like an eight-year-old,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: how I assumed his intellectual capabilities were at about that same age. And he clearly has never picked up a book and read it because he doesn't, you know, currently have any right. verbalization. But you know, I'm sure he could. I mean, I'm sure right. he could read along with it and just not say anything. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> right. We no, live absolutely. and learn every day. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, kind of along those lines now that Jordan is, is 20 um, and I'm, you know, just around the the corner from Skylar's 18th birthday, I'm starting to do social security paperwork, guardianships, all of those things. When did you really start focusing on Jordan's future and kind of what you can plan? I mean, we can't plan permanent things because we still don't know what they're capable of and they could accomplish so many things, but. How do you plan for that stuff and include her since she
1: understands? Do you explain so, it to her or what? I think for us it was probably around the age of 16. 16 okay. was a big birthday. It's also a very emotional birthday as a as a parent. Like yeah. it's hard to not let your mind go to what should have been. So I knew it was a birthday we were going to struggle with. So we decided, I was like, I can either be sad, which is not fair to her. She is a happy kid. She deserves to celebrate her birthday. So we decided to do a large party for her that year. We rented out an entire skating rink. We Uh invited every person that had been important to her over the years. She had teachers there from years ago. It was amazing. Uh And it helped me focus on the positive versus dwelling on what I felt should have been. And I thought that's just going to rob her of her special day. And that's not fair. But along with that turning of 16, you start thinking about school and because you're getting close to the age of when typical, de- typically developing teens are starting to talk about graduation. And so you start to get worried of what is out there? And then you start Googling. And yeah. that is oh, terrifying. It so is. Googling adult services now is about as terrifying as when she was two, you know, Googling autism because there's not much more out there for adults than there were for infants when she was diagnosed. Yep. And so for me, I've always been the type to focus on, let's do what we can right here in this moment. Whereas, and my husband has always been extremely supportive. Hey, let's try this. Okay. Let's try this. But I've been the idea person. Whereas for him, where I started seeing his worry come into play is as she was getting older. And I think that probably goes along with like the dad, the provider, the, he started worrying more and more about what is she going to do and how are we going to pay for this for the rest right. of her life for her to have something to do and that became crippling with fear of and it kind of started taking over for us and then you start searching even more well the more you searched the more depressing it became because we just couldn't find stuff and so we it was probably right at her 17th birthday which was in february we went out to dinner one night and like many parents, our date night was filled with talking about our kids. And (laughs) so, you know, I said, at some point we've got to switch our talk. This is getting us nowhere. All we're doing is worrying. We're not accomplishing anything. We've ruled out like there is nothing available right now that we want her to do. So what if we try focusing on creating something? And so we were talking about at the time, I loved LuLaRoe leggings. And like, you would see all these Facebook groups of these people and how they would be selling it. And so I even joked with him. I was like, you know, maybe I need to sell LuLaRoe stuff because then Jordan could package it for me. And it was fun. I said, but I am not a salesperson. We can't go that. But it was in that same conversation at that same restaurant that I was like, well, you know, we had been stuck on her making something. And I never mean this to sound disrespectful, but I would say it's going to be hard for her to make something and get more than a one-time sympathy buy. And I would say the exact same thing about myself. We're Mm -hmm. just not crafty. We're not good. And so if she made something, we could get our loved ones to buy it one time. Right. But they're not going to want something the second time. And so then- that's hard to get a sustainable business. And so I said, we need to shift from her making, we were thinking of her making something, filling her time. And I said, well, what if filling her time was the packaging of something? Cause that's really what we're looking at. And if mm-hmm. we sold something that could make a little money that would pay for her a helper. So then we've kind of created this whole thing. And so that's when we came up with the idea of a shirt. We're like, if we design a shirt and we teach her to package it, we could have our loved ones buy it and then she could package it. And the extra money from selling the shirt pays for someone to help her. And that's really how the idea came about of the shirt project. Well, and how did you guys come up with the name um, for those who don't know their
0: t-shirt business is huge. It's booming so, so well. Um, It's called be kind to everyone. And I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. But um, all of the shirts say be kind to everyone. So where did that slogan come from? Where did that part
1: come in? So the actual company name is Jordan Summer Shirt Project. And the reason that came about Mm -hmm. is we literally thought it would be that summer. Um, We thought, oh, we'll do it that summer. We have several more summers before she ages out of school to try different things, see what works. Well, when we decided on the idea of the shirt, I said, I wanted to help Jordan, but I also, if I'm going to do this, we want it to have a greater meaning. And so my favorite, you know, slogan at the time, one of my favorite slogans is in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And I was like, but that's a lot to put on a shirt. <laughs> well, when you look at just be kind, there's so many out there. Yeah. So at the time I was like, you know, what the world really needs is just to be kind to everyone. Right. And I started Googling it. Like I there, it wasn't, nobody had it, nobody was doing it. And so we were like, well, that's what we'll do. Mm -hmm. But I wanted like the little ounce of, you know, the puzzle piece to kind of tie it all in together. And so that's how we started with it. I just really liked that saying. and And I thought, you know, I want them to be kind to my kid, but somebody else wants them to be kind to theirs. Like really like we just need to be better as a whole of just putting differences aside, being kind. And so that's how the slogan of be kind to everyone started and who knew it wasn't like, I just Googled, it wasn't taken. And so now we have the trademark for it. That's so, that's so
0: cool. And you have a lot of merchandise they're They're neat. And I love that you guys had like a Valentine's promo and then St. Patrick's day. I saw yes. Jordan talking about that one coming out and um, it's neat. It just, it, it does always change. And you know, like you said before, if she made something, maybe people wouldn't want one. I bought three, like just being out there for everyone in my family to have. And um, so well, it's, And it's when so we were,
1: cool. when we were starting it, you know, we looked at different shirts and I said, Ben, what's really important to me is that factor of when some, someone is buying this originally, like when we started, our goal was to sell 40 shirts that summer. And I said, <laughs> it's going to be like our friends and family. I was like, they're buying it because they're wanting to help Jordan. They want to help her learn job skills this summer. But I said, I want them to open the package and I want them to be in love with that shirt. So we looked for the shirt that was super soft, super comfortable. We wanted it to be a high quality shirt so that when people pulled it out of that package, they were surprised because they they were expecting to get something just to help Jordan and what they ended up getting was one of their favorite shirts. That was really what how I started with and I worked with our printer on you know what would be the best and um, that's still what we do when we come out with something new. I think to myself, will someone open this and love this shirt because they've given us a gift by purchasing it and by helping Jordan. Um, so I want them to open it and be like, I am so glad I bought this shirt. And I think in the end, that really helps spur our business along because people get their shirt. It's so comfortable. It's so soft. They love Jordan's story. They automatically want to tell everybody they see, oh my gosh, you got to hear this story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what helped it just go and go and go.
0: Well, and I I can um, concur with that. I mean, I love my shirt, my tank tops, like all the stuff. But I think one thing that I loved even more than getting an awesome quality shirt was the impact that it has on jordan and her story like you said but my signed card is in a prominent place on my mantle and my kids are probably like um that's not (laughs) one of our family members but um i love that so can you talk about what jordan's piece of this
1: business is and what she does absolutely so when we started the idea of jordan being able to do anything independently seemed fairly impossible. I mean, it just did. So this would have been two and a half years ago. And our goal was we wanted her to learn to roll a shirt with the least amount of assistance possible. And so we came up with the idea of doing branded wristbands so that she could try to learn to put it over the top. Well, fast forward two and a half years, so I, and I, I have a video that is so neat of literally the, she was starting to practice before we even had ours printed and it, you watch it and it was like a true struggle. She needed lots of help. So fast forward to today, she can outroll any of us. <laughs> we can stick a stack of 200 shirts there. If we had a race, she is going to beat any of us. She is doing it completely on her own. She enjoys doing it. So now, those same teens that we had working to help her, she can now work alongside them. They're doing some complete other task in the basement while she's doing the shirts. But she, you know, lately, you mentioned TikTok early on. TikTok made our sales go crazy. I bet. And so when she's at school, like she comes home and we're like, girl, we missed you. We are behind on stuff. And that's the part that will bring me to tears because we no longer are only teaching her job skills. Yeah. She does a job. And that is a parent is when you can go to sleep at night and think she can do this. She's yeah. going to be okay. She's going to be able to provide for herself. And By no means do I, I realize, you know, my husband and I work around the clock to set this up for success, but she's able to do a job. She is missed in the shirt shop when she is not there. The shirts get behind on rolling. She signs a thank you card to go into each package. Mm -hmm. Um, we're at the point now we will always have her sign, um, cards every day because we feel like that's such an important component of what we do. But we have now gotten, we everything we add in, we look at what can we teach Jordan in this process to where we start out by teaching her and then we work it towards she can do it independently. We now also have just started purchasing a stamp uh-huh. of her signature to where we are going to teach her now how to stamp some cards as well, because otherwise it's getting to the point where oh my she will signing cards at, all a day, every day and we also love having her do a variety of things because i think like anybody it's just more fun so yeah. she loves repetition but we'll say okay hey jordan which one of these things do you want to start with and so she'll maybe roll like a few hundred shirts and then she'll move on to packaging tumblers and then she'll move on to signing cards but it makes the day fun you know it mm-hmm. makes the time go go well So, but when we look at the fact that when she's at school, she is missed, things are behind. We don't have enough signed thank you cards. She comes home from school a couple of days early, twice a week. And there'll be some mornings Ben's like, "Um, is today the day Jordan comes home early because we need blah, (laughs) blah, blah. And it is just such a neat thing. And we always tell her about those things because we want her to know like, girl, this is you. We're doing, we're working our tails off too. It's a whole family thing, but you know, people love seeing you succeed. People want a shirt because of what you're doing. Um, And I think, the confidence that has brought her is probably one of the biggest things we've done for her. And we weren't even going into it thinking of that. We weren't going into it thinking of the social aspect of things and all that. We were literally thinking of how can we fill her time, Mm -hmm. but by filling her time and it's given her a sense of purpose. It's given her confidence it shows that everybody wants to be noticed in life. And so many times our kids go unnoticed. If they can't do, you know, if you can't answer questions, you know, people shy off from talking to you. Well, suddenly she went from a lot of people not really talking to her, not to be mean, but you just didn't know what to say. Yeah. To, everywhere she goes, people know what to talk to her about. They know to ask her about her shirt or they know, Hey, I saw you had pizza for dinner last night. And she lights up that changed her world. She loves the attention of it all. Mm -hmm. And that is something we would have never known before.
0: Well, and I would think that your relationship with her is so strong that if she just one day said, mom, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to roll these shirts. I don't want to, I don't want to help that you guys would be like, all right, and move on to the next thing. Absolutely.
1: And you know, it's funny. We often have people say, you know, does she always enjoy it? And I would say 95% of the time she enjoys it, but there is times when she was like, "Mm, I don't want to do it. And I will look at it of two things. If it is a day, she hasn't been at school. She hasn't done any work. I'm like, you know what? You have to do it. It is your job. You know, Mm -hmm. if you like 95% of a business and you want that business to keep going, you have to do the unfun stuff. I'm like, Jordan, I don't think you'll talk to any business owner (laughs) that says, Oh, it's sunshine and roses all the time. Um, but I'm like, if you've been at school all day or you've been working down here all day and you're just tired, absolutely you go upstairs you take a break you veg out you do whatever so we always look at that part of it but um she literally will ask her we're like okay you know we're gonna go downstairs and work in the shirt shop for example on a Saturday you can you don't have to it's up to you she wants to she Mm -hmm. loves it even she had had to be quarantined you know for at school she didn't end up having it but she'd had to be quarantined for for um, trace contact. So she was on the zoom with her class. And so it was getting ready to be done. And she was telling her teachers like, I'm going downstairs to work. I'm going downstairs to work. And the teacher was like, you can just tell her excitement in it. She's like, look, I don't have time for this chit chat. I got stuff to do. Um, and I think again, because there's so many different aspects of it to her, it, you know, if she's not doing that, she doesn't have a lot to do. She watches the same YouTube videos on over and over and over. We laugh. Some poor YouTube subscribers viewings went way down because of the shirt shot because she doesn't (laughs) have time anymore. Um, But you know, she doesn't have all of those typical interests maybe that other kids would have. So this gives her something great to do and it fills her time and she enjoys it. There's always other people down there doing it with her and You know, one of the things we were thinking we would hold off until she aged out of school to move it out of our house into another location because let's be honest, like she goes to school, that's her social impact, she loves it. Well, once she ages out, I don't want her just to always be in our basement. Right, yeah. Well, so um, we have now gotten to the point where we've grown out of our basement and this week we will be signing a lease on a new space, a new shirt shop, Um, We're going to hire this summer one of her very good friends that also has autism to work as well. Um, Now we'll be able to also move that big social component into the business as well. But all in all, she loves it. She's thriving. Um, And we just keep continuing to add things in. So we can continually give her that variety that, okay, here's your familiar thing. You know how to do this. You're good at it. Okay, now this is going to be a challenge. This is something new for you to learn. And I tell her, that's what we all experience in life. It's what every job is about. You just learn and you keep moving up.
0: Well, congratulations on um, Thank you. moving out of your basement. <laughs> that's my We are th- not going to know is- how to
1: <laughs> act having our basement back. <laughs>
0: And to be able to, you know, hire other people too, yes, um, to give other people opportunities to learn independence, responsibility, all of those things. That's incredible. Gosh, I just, I am so inspired and enamored by parents like you who come up with something. I mean, I know it just didn't happen overnight. Through your own words, it took a conversation, several conversations, to come up with an idea. But it's so, it's so important that our kids feel like that they have self-worth, that there's something that they can do. And I say that all the time that I fear that when Skylar turns 22 and the services end, I don't want him sitting in our living room, watching Elmo all day or whatever, Exactly. not because I don't want him here it has nothing to do with that. It's just, you want more for him. I don't want that for myself. I can't sit yes. still. I can't even fold the laundry and, you know, yes. sit down. I have to be on the move. So I just can't imagine how boring it would be to spend 24 hours a day in your home, which we've all experienced with COVID. This this would be a nightmare for him. And I think his aggression would get worse. He would just be miserable and make us
1: miserable. (laughs) Absolutely. And like, before we did the shirt project, you would have thought Jordan was completely happy sitting there doing that, but it's not till they experience more that you're like, oh my gosh, I now see all that she was missing. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that I felt she was missing. You see her thriving and flourishing. And I'm like, I didn't know that's something she would even want to do. But given the opportunity, I mean, again, if she has the opportunity between, you know, working or, you know, watching YouTube, oh, she would way rather work. And that's exciting as a parent to see. Sure. Sure. Is it, you think because of the
0: YouTube experience that she has watching all of that, what kind of um, inspired her to take um, videos with you and to to do TikTok? I mean, whose idea was that? And just all your so social media presence?
1: We, so the social media presence came about, I guess, for a two-part thing. First of all, I wanted people to be able to show what they got from us, so I thought it would be a fun way for us to be able to see what somebody got from us, mm-hmm. and it would be, you know, that would be a neat thing. Um, but then I also wanted to share our experience with other parents. I did, we now have a large teacher following as well, but I wanted to show autism in a different light. We do some, we talk about our struggles. I want to be very real, but I want people to see what she's able to do. Because so often we spend our time focusing on what they can't do. And think of if everyone around you constantly only talked about what you couldn't do. Think of what that would do to your self-esteem. And we do that to kids with disabilities all the time without realizing it's what we're doing. And so I wanted people to see that with different modifications, what has been possible. And the fact that Jordan's able to do these things on her own, like it's been amazing for me to see it. And I wanted other people to, and I wanted the videos because sometimes it's easy for a picture to be misleading. Jordan can be in a picture and look very typical for lack of a better way of saying it. We
0: hear that all the time. Autism doesn't have a look to it. People don't know anything is.
1: Yeah. And so, I wanted the video because I think it shows how much she's capable of doing with the limitation, with the struggles she's been given. Mm-hmm. She hasn't let the struggles define her. She keeps working at it. It's sometimes hard for her, but I think the videos are more real and shows a better look of our everyday life and what she is truly overcoming and accomplishing. Yeah. I mean, she is beautiful
0: um, and I love hearing her talk because it, ins- again, inspires me that, you know, while her words, some of them may be broken or like, you know, yep. just not sound like you would right. expect when you, when you see her, like you said, when you see her, you wouldn't think her language be any different than mine uh, exactly. at 20 years old, yes. uh, but I love it because. I never am giving up on Skyler. I'm never giving up that whether he types, he spells, yes. he says a few words here and there and then spells in between, I don't care what it looks like, sounds like, I just want to know what's in his mind. I just want to know what he thinks and feels and, you know, all of that. So, it, I I just I love it. It's it's so inspirational seeing you two well, together. Could, yes.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I wanted. You know, I wa- I feel like what she has accomplished is very hopeful. It has changed Ben and I's fears for the future to hope. And I would be lying if I said as a parent, the future isn't still scary. Um, She at this point would not be able to live independently. So obviously there's that fear of what happens when we're gone. But all we can do on that is build her army of people that love her as big Mm -hmm. as we can be. Um, But I feel like what she's accomplished is hopeful. And I feel like if it's totally changed our outlook on life, it makes other parents that are probably in a fairly dark place, look at it and be like, okay, I think I can do something too. And it doesn't mean everybody's going to start their own business. You know, I tell parents all the time start with chores around the house. Like Mm -hmm. we started with teaching Jordan to unload the dishwasher, which when we started, it seemed like an impossible task. We started with unloading all of the dishwasher and only leaving the spoons in. And she had to put the spoons away. Then we would do spoons and forks. But eventually we worked up to where she started unloading the whole dishwasher. Well, is that a job she's going to get paid for? Well, I mean, I could, but It helped me. It took a load off my shoulders when she can start doing things around the house and it filled her time with something meaningful to do. It let her accomplish things. So even if a family is not going to set out to create a business, there are still meaningful ways you can teach your child to be helpful around the house, to do things that when they age out of school is going to fill their time with a purpose. And when you're sitting at dinner that night, you know, make sure and mention those things like, oh, hey, guess what? Jordan peeled the carrots for this roast because that gives them a sense of pride and accomplishment. So I think there's a lot of lessons that we can all learn from each other and ideas we can share. And our social media platform, you know, the second component of that was I wanted to share and hopefully give ideas for other people's future.
0: Yeah, and it's a def- definitely a different way of thinking about it because – I would wager that all of our kids know that they aren't typical. They, yes. Maybe they don't know all the aspects of that or maybe some don't even understand what autism is and that they have it or they've not been talked to mm-hmm. about it. But they, they are smart. They can recognize yes. that, you know, like they're in a stroller or they're something in their yes. age appropriate, probably, you know, peers are not doing those same things. Exactly. So I have them do something as simple as, unloading the dishwasher, adjust the spoons, like makes them feel, and I hate the word normal, but at least it makes yes. them feel like, well, my sister has chores. I don't have any yes. chores. I'll do some chores. They just want to to fit in as best yes. as they can in, in any area. So
1: I think it's also a really important thing for the siblings to see. Yes. Um, that has been another whole aspect of this, like Hudson sees all that Jordan has accomplished. And I mean, if, you know, it, it is a really good thing for them to see their siblings doing something, contributing in the house. And, you know, maybe the, maybe Jordan doesn't want to do something. Well, guess what? I make Hudson do things he doesn't want to do. Right. So just because you don't want to unload the dishwasher right now, I don't either. I don't want to cook dinner. <laughs> but I got to cook dinner. You got to unload the dishwasher. Your brother has to feed the dog. We all do things around here that we don't want to do. <laughs> Well, and it
0: keeps things fair. I mean, I, I remember does. when my daughter, who's two years younger than Skylar, she, um, there's times where she's like, that's not fair. He doesn't have to whatever. And I, and, and I admit it now it's terrible. I didn't even think about it at the time. And he might've been in the room. I'm like, well, he can't do that. So right. I need you to help me. And I'm like, oh, you know, of course I would kick myself for some yeah. of the things i said over the years yeah, I know
1: I, I hear you I agree but Same you know I me. don't want
0: to paint a bad example you know I can't punish him either you know and I, I had know. to try to explain to her in so many ways like when he pulls your hair I you know reprimand him and I say no we don't do that and explain and then she's crying and I'm like she's like aren't yes. you gonna spank it yeah. I go well no <laughs> I, mean, I
1: can't he doesn't yes.
0: understand
1: Yes, Oy. exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, so all the weighing of the
1: options, but that's why I feel like even starting with things like simple things around the house, it it's good for the whole family, mm-hmm. it and is. it can be a chain. You know, you celebrate him, the, them putting those spoons away, and then you celebrate the forks, and eventually you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to unload any of this dishwasher. Yes. Well, you
0: know, I guess. Um, I wanted to make sure too, you mentioned that you and your husband, you know, occasionally go out on date night, which is awesome. If anyone Mm -hmm. can ever find the time to like, (laughs) at least get away. And I know with Jordan being older and, um, you know, I'm sure her brother doesn't really take too much. Like, you you can leave him with Jordan and it'd be fine. Yes. Um, but do you have time? Have you always made a priority of yourself to get self-care or time? Even when Jordan was little, um, did you have respite? Did you have
1: help? I would say from until she was about seven, I was horrible about it. I literally 24 seven was Jordan. Ben traveled a lot at that time. Um, I did not do much of anything for myself. Then we moved to Georgia. She enrolled in school and because before that, most all of the therapy was in our house. Mm -hmm. And so I was literally involved in it all the time. I wanted to make sure each therapist was doing consistent. Um, So she got in school and suddenly I was like, uh, what am I going to do with my time here? And um, so I ended up starting to play tennis in my neighborhood tennis league. And I feel like a lot of times that saved me. It was my hour and a half on the court. I wasn't an autism mom. I wasn't anything other than Jackie. And that was so good for me. Mm-hmm. Fast forward then Hudson came along, I got busy, I stopped playing tennis. So now it's funny. A friend of mine said the other day, she was like, "Okay, why is it every time I see you or in pictures, your nails always look great?" And I was like, <laughs> "Because that is me time." I said, "It's funny. My hair, I can go a year like my gray showing, I haven't cut it, don't care. My house can look like a hurricane hit it. But when you see me and my nails aren't done, you're like, "Oh, it's getting rough at the Morehouse. (laughs) That's (laughs) my thing. That's my thing. I enjoy that hour of getting my nails done and just sitting there and taking the time out for me. And it's not like I do it, you know, I don't do self-care every day, but that is my rejuvenation. That is what, and it just makes me feel good then throughout the week to see my nails done. So That's my thing. I think everybody needs to find that little bitty something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it might only be five minutes, but something that you're doing for you because it does get hard. You know, I laugh now. I can't take a whole lot more time than that because then I just get further behind and then that just stresses me out more. But um, so for me, it's that carving out the time to go get my nails done. Um, whereas before it was tennis, I don't really feel like I have enough time for that anymore, but, um, I do try to do that for myself. We also try to do stuff as a family. So for me, doing something as a family is what fuels me. That makes mm-hmm. me feel better than going and doing something by myself. So we, and we really try to do something that our whole family can enjoy together. So we love going on hikes, We did love going out to eat, but that, of course, COVID changed that a lot. Um, But so for me, that is self-care. We always sit down together for a meal as a family every night. I know as Hudson gets older, that's going to be harder and harder. But again, that is something I love doing for me. It's the time for Mm -hmm. us all to sit down. So I do more things like that, I would say now, but it fuels me and and it keeps me going.
0: Well, I like that. And I mean, and the family aspect is very important, but even like you said, just taking a few minutes to sit outside on your front step or whatever, yes. just alone for just to take a yes. deep breath and be alone for a minute is important. And I know a lot of parents, cause I used to feel that way. I would imagine a lot of people feel selfish, like even taking 10 minutes, like to, or to go get my nails on or something. Right. The whole time I was sitting there, I feel guilty. Like I really needed to make several calls to his therapy places or his insurance or like there's things I need to be doing. And they always revolved around him. And I'm like, no, I I got to take a break yes. because I get angry. <laughs> like not yes. the best mom I can be. If I don't step away from being an autism mom for five minutes, like I yes. don't want to be labeled that every aspect of myself, you know? Right. So yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: Everybody needs to, you know, take that little bit of time to just Feel good about yourself. Put your worries away for a few minutes and just focus on you. Yes. Well, you know, I said this earlier, but and
0: kind of to wrap up, you know, obviously, since our young adults aren't little children anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're into a whole nother phase of life. It's easy for us to sit and reflect on, you know, things we wish we had done differently. And I even mentioned some of the things I wish I hadn't said, and I've learned so much. I still learn every day. I'm learning from you. Um, Are there things that you, you know, think are important to pay attention to as far as like the quality of life, I think you've mentioned before that the quality of life of each member of the family, not just Jordan is a really important concept. Um, you know, that you are invested in. Mm -hmm. So you don't want anyone else to feel that Jordan is the hundred percent focus of of everything. Um, so in addition to that, I mean, are there things that you wished you had done differently?
1: Um, you know, with raising her or anything at all? Well, I mean, maybe it's my positive nature, but I'm gonna spin that a little bit. One I of like the that. things, <laughs> one of the things I am the most thankful we did was practice going out when she was young. Yeah, practicing behaviors, realizing what was a struggle. She still to this day loves ribbons. Just it's huh. she just loves ribbons. When she was young, I, I'll like say for example three. We had um. ABA therapist coming to our house twice a day. And so what she would look for was shoelaces because that was her form of ribbon. If we didn't have all of the shoelaces in the house hidden, she was going to get it. You're going to have to take it away right before therapy and you were going to lose out on therapy. If you took her into a store and she walked by the ribbons, she was going to lose it. You like And so at first I wanted to just not ever go around that. I didn't want to take her by the ribbon. I didn't want her to see a shoe. And then it kind of hit me. I'm like, well, if I never let, like, this is out there. If I never let her see it, (laughs) it means she's never going to be able to go out. If she can't walk down an aisle in the grocery store that has birthday cards and ribbons, she can't ever go to the grocery store. And so when she was young, we literally practiced it and we knew it would be hard for her. And some people would have said it was torture, but I would go to the grocery store. And at the beginning, we would take our ABA therapist with us more for moral support on my part, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's hard to look at the stairs. But I thought we have to get her okay with this when she's little enough for me to drag, physically drag her out of a store because once she's too big, I've lost my opportunity. It's going to be so much harder. So we would literally go to the store and we would practice and we would walk her by the ribbon aisle and you know she had to do xyz like just a cup you know if she could stop crying after a minute she would get some kind of a treat if she and we would back it down to where we would then be able to walk past the ribbons and she would instantly get something as a reward but not a ribbon. Um, if she could do okay with it. And then eventually we got it to where, okay, some days we'll buy a ribbon, some days we won't. But I think doing that was one of the best things we could have ever done. Getting her used to being around foods that maybe she couldn't have because that was going to be life. Those kind of things are everywhere. And if I hid that stuff all the time and I didn't get her used to it, we were going to be trapped. We were not going to be able to go out and do things. And I know there are some families that have tried and tried and aren't able to and I never want to discredit that because you know there's some kids that it was that's not that's just not possible. But for us we were able to change that in her. We were able to change that behavior, get her used to that to where now as a family we can go out to dinner. We can go for walks. We can go do things. We could go to the movies. And I think that's not only important to her, it's important to our entire family. The quality of life that gives all of us, the amount of normalcy it gives Hudson. Like Jordan can go to Hudson's baseball game and watch. And it's maybe not always the thing she really wants to do, but that's what siblings do. You go, you support each other because he goes to her stuff, but it gives that It gives our family a sense of normal that we wouldn't have otherwise had because I want us to be together. I don't want us to always have to divide and conquer. Um, As we get older, you know, kids have things at the same time. So we obviously have to do that. But I wanted us to be able to do things as a family. I didn't even really realize that's what I was doing back then. I just knew I wanted to be able to go to the grocery store without a meltdown. But now, looking back, that is what we did. We gave our family the opportunity to be able to go and do things.
0: I think that is brilliant. And I am, I'll, I'll admit, <laughs> I'll throw myself <laughs> over the blades um, and admit that um, we did some of that. But the thing that I wish that we had incorporated more to exactly what you're saying is that I wouldn't have done so many things for Skylar because it was faster. It was easier for me just to hold the sippy cup in front of him and have him just lean down and drink out of the straw. It took us years after that to get him to hold the cup, drink out of it himself, and then set it back down, not sling it and throw it. Like as soon as he's done with his sip, he would chuck it across the room. And it's things like that, that you don't realize until they're almost 18 or whatever. Like, oh my gosh, you can't even brush your own teeth. Right, you know, you've got to. I've been hand over hand doing this yep. with you for years, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's the tone, and the you know, the last couple of years, yes. that's the way I've talked to him since I know he understands me. I'm like, yes. listen, there is no reason you can't do this, so here's a toothbrush. exactly. And every time he's you know, just that example, he sticks it in his mouth, brushes his own darn teeth. And I'm like, exactly, you've been babied all this, yeah,
1: and you can do this stuff you little brat. (laughs) It's exactly. And it's interesting that you said that because I had posted a video on, I think it was Facebook and I was showing Jordan. Um, I think it was putting pencils in a pack or pins. I think it was ink pens. And Mm -hmm. she has to do three of each color to total 15. So five different colors. And so I showed her doing it without a visual prompt and with a visual prompt. And my point was, again, if we'd have focused on just having her count out to 15 on her own, she would have probably never been able to do that task independently. But with a modification, she can do it on her own independently over and over. And while 99% of the comments we get on social media are positive, there's some mean people, shocker, I know. Uh (laughs) Um, Someone commented on it rudely of like, what a boring and meaningless task. Maybe the person holding this video should put the phone down and do it themselves, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you missed the whole point. As a parent, as a parent, whether your child has special needs or not, in the beginning, everything is an easy task for me. Like teaching Hudson to do something in age two, yeah, it was way faster if I'd have just done it myself. But guess what? That's how they learn. And by taking the time to teach her how to do this gave her a job. And I think it is something we've had to work so hard to learn. Like you said, I still look at Jordan all the time. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this for you, girl? You need to learn to do this yourself. And so when you have a comment like that at first, it really hurts because I'm like, do you know how hard it has been to change my attitude? I have done everything for her for years. And now I'm going back and trying to undo What I consider the damage I did. Yeah. So it's like, as parents, I 100% agree. At the time, it's so much easier. It's so much faster to do it yourself. Same way I go back to that dishwasher example. It was a lot faster in the beginning for me to just unload the dishwasher than to try to teach her how to do it. But guess what? Eventually, she got to where she did it all. And I'm like, sweet, I don't have to do this anymore. So yeah. if, if we take the time and invest as they're younger, you know, looking back, I wish I'd have done so much more of that. But as we learn and we know more, we do better. And so we still constantly look at wait a second here you can do this on your own. Here's how, or here's how I'm going to break this down so you can learn. And I think that is a big takeaway that parents can get from your and I stories of, you know, it's never too early to start doing some of these things in little ta- little steps.
0: Yeah. And it's never too late for anything it, either, you know, absolutely. just because they're not doing it today doesn't mean they're not 90. They've got 100%. Plenty of time, and we've got plenty of time. Learned-
1: Jordan's accomplished more in the last few years than she yes. did in the other years combined.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah. I mean, each kid is on their own timeline. There is Absolutely. no timeline. So if they're not fully functionally speaking, walking, toilet trained, any of that stuff by a Absolutely. certain age, don't freak out. It's okay. Skylar's not yes. toilet trained. I say it all the time. That is not yes. my concern right now. I do not exactly. care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would much rather have other skills well, than that.
1: I do not. And you think about like, you know, a student, an individual that doesn't have a disability. I mean, you see people going back to college at age 40. Well, if you couldn't learn past a certain age, why do we continue with education? Why do we switch jobs and learn something new? Mm -hmm. Everybody learns things different all the time. And our kids, I am seeing aren't different. They might learn at a slower rate than, you know, others do but she can learn something easier now definitely than she could when she was four
0: yeah yep our parenting never ends it doesn't matter if our labels change if we're guardians we're moms whatever we are we're always exactly teaching and learning both at the same time so yes well i i greatly appreciate you I, i appreciate you paving the way for other parents and for them to understand the ideas that you're presenting um, with a business or anything else to make our children feel important and Independent and special, and just all those things. Uh, You definitely motivate me, and I'm (laughs) Skyler's going to hate it because I'm going to start making him do a lot more. Exactly. (laughs) The dishwasher is next. (laughs) Yep. Well,
1: thank you for having me on. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. You know, talking about our story and hopefully helping other parents along the journey is one of my favorite things to do. So, thank you for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Well, um, I appreciate you and I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Skylife with others. Thanks again for listening.